1: Foundations. The Bible says that there is no God. Of course, the words before it says, The fool has said in his heart there is no yeah. God. But you take a verse out of its context and you can make the Bible say anything you want it yeah. to. So it's important. Context, context, context. Always.
0: Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Well, over the past week, we've been learning about the Jewish Hebrew foundations of the Christian faith, the origins of our Bible and how trustworthy it is. And perhaps it could be a good opportunity for us to sum up the week once again with why the Hebrew foundations of the Christian faith are so important. How would you summarize that, Mandy, in 30
1: seconds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, to summarize is it, pretty hard. That's why it's taken us a week yeah, to talk right. about it. But the thing is, again, I'll go back to the very first scripture that we talked about in our first episode together, and that was... 2 Timothy 2, 15, it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. So if the command is to be accurate with something, it means that there's a possibility that we could be inaccurate mm. when we're handling it. The word for accurately in the Greek is, and I don't speak Greek, so I'm probably going to really butcher this word, orthomateo, <laughs> I think is how you say it, in the with an Aussie accent. That's how I'd say it. <laughs> um, and then that means to make straight. To teach truth directly and correctly Or orthodox, to be orthodox Mm. It's the same word that we use Or is the root word for an orthodontist Who makes teeth straight About keeping everything straight And it means not deviating with any kind of weird doctrine Or extra-biblical doctrine or anything Mm -hmm. It means being straight But that also means that if you're going to keep it straight And you want to be accurate You've got to know what the context is You've got to know what they're actually talking Mm. about Because if you come up with your own There's exegesis is a is a word that's used in interpreting scripture and exegesis means studying what it means so that you know what the word says. Yep. Eisegesis is where we take a meaning and we push it into the text and we say that this is what it means yeah. and it's from ourselves. Yep. And then, you know, somebody else came up with another one that says, um Jesus it says that you push yourself into the yeah. scripture all the time so and <laughs> it's all about me.
0: <laughs> no, that's so, good. Well, I remember my uh, uh, Bible college uh, the lecture that I had would talk about sort of shoehorning the word of God. That's a bit that I suggest you sort of try to squeeze it in and make it make it fit, even where it actually doesn't uh, work in there.
1: Precisely, and it's because people just take something out of its context. Even if you just take it out of a whole passage, mm. it's like I could I could prove to you that the Bible says that there is no God.
0: Yeah, but if you take things out of context, exactly in isolation. Yeah,
1: yeah. but the, of course, the words before it says the fool has said in his heart there is no yeah. God. But you take a verse out of its context and you can make the Bible say anything you want it to. So it's important. Context, 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 always. So when it comes to the Jewishness or the Hebrew foundations of the Christian faith, it's important to understand there's a few things to just reemphasize that we've looked at all this week. And that is that Jesus was and he remains a Jew. Mm. He was called the king of the Jews. That's right. And when he comes back, he's coming back to Jerusalem, which is in Israel, which mm-hmm. is in the Middle East. The
0: capital of Israel the just called The capital quietly. of Israel. <laughs>
1: Woo! Every single apostle was Jewish. Mm-hmm. Abraham was the very first Jew. Isaac and all his descendants after him are Jewish. All the old covenant or the first covenant prophets, apart from one Gentile prophet named Balaam, they were all Jewish. All the First Testament, Old Covenant kings of Israel and Judah were Jewish. And uh, all of the Old and New Covenant scriptures were written by Jews, except for Daniel chapter 4, which was written by King Nebuchadnezzar. And the scriptures that Jesus and the apostles taught from were the Jewish Old Covenant, First Covenant scriptures. The whole thing is Jewish from start to finish. And the Bible tells us that we are grafted in. We don't have to become ethnic Jews, but we're grafted in. But then people would say, well, why on earth did the, do we not hear of this? Why is this not taught? Why don't we know? Mm. Well, particularly here in Australia, where we're so far removed from where the original Bible lands were, most people are unaware of the deliberate actions of some of the early church fathers to sever any Hebrew or Jewish connection from the Christian faith. And I want to read an excerpt from a letter that was written by Emperor Constantine. It was in the year three twenty five. It was at the Council of Nicaea. We've all heard of the Nicene yeah. Creed, which is a fabulous creed, I mm-hmm. might add. But he then wrote to a lot of the bishops and, and ministers and whatnot who were not at that council. And I'm just going to read just a couple, a, a few short portions from it. But this, because there was division at the time when they were to celebrate Easter. Okay, um, the Eastern Orthodox would celebrate it at one date, and then the Western church would celebrate at a different date. And even to this day, they still do it. So mm. this letter was actually, it didn't make the difference. Yeah. But he wanted the whole of the church to come together and and have celebrate Easter at a particular time. And this is just a few excerpts on what he said and how he related to the Jews. He said, "'We ought not, therefore, to have anything in common "'with the Jews, for the Saviour has shown us another way, "'our worship following a more legitimate "'and more convenient course.'" the order of days of the week. And consequently, in unanimously adopting this mode, we desire, dearest brethren, to separate ourselves, for it is truly shameful for us to hear them boast that without their direction we could not keep this feast. How can they be in the right? They, who after the death of the Savior have no longer been led by reason but by wild violence as their delusion may urge them. So that the, the Jews were trying to say, if you want to worship And celebrate Easter, it's got to be on the Passover. Mm. But even if this were not so, Constantine went on, it would still be your duty not to tarnish your soul by communication with such wicked people, the Jews. You should consider not only that the number of churches in these provinces make a majority, but also that it is right to demand that our reason approves that we should have nothing in common with the Jews.
0: There's a bit of bias in there, isn't
1: there? (laughs) Well, yeah, and then we wonder where the anti-Semitism has come Mm. into the church over the centuries. Now, most people don't know about this, so it's a shock to hear that. And there was so much more. The, the point is, to say that the Messiah showed them a better way in where to, how to celebrate Easter when he himself was the Passover lamb. Yeah. I mean, he was crucified at Passover. That's right, yeah. And so it's really important for us as Christians to understand that God hasn't done away with the Jews and he didn't mean for us to separate. Mm. And I, there isn't time now, but I would really highly recommend that people read Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11. If you read the book of Romans, it's a letter. It's one of the letters, only a few of them, who were written to Gentile believers. And Paul is talking about salvation, who is saved, how they're saved, um, what the process is. And then all of a sudden, in talking about salvation in in chapters 9, 10, and 11, he suddenly starts talking about the Jews, that God hasn't done away with the Jews, that he may it never be, you know, and the blessing of the Jews. He doesn't say they don't need Christ. He does say they need Christ. But he goes on to say that they were called. God has a covenant with them. He's not finished with them. And that the gifts and callings of God are without mm, repentance. Yeah. We think that's talking about that he's made me good at writing or something. Mm. No, God called them as his covenant people. And those that calling, that gifting has never been rescinded. Yeah. And then after he's finished talking about his covenant with the Jews that it's unbreakable, he then goes on and continues as he was teaching. So what he's saying is, is that God hasn't broken his promise and his covenant to the Jews That's the picture of the covenant of salvation that we see. So if he doesn't break his promise to the Jews, he's not going to break it with us either Mm. in talking about salvation. And he says in uh, Romans 11 that one day all Israel will be saved. And then there's the warning to the Gentiles, don't you become so arrogant that you think that you've taken the place mm. of the natural branches? You're just the wild on. branches. That's right, yeah, you've
0: been grafted in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So, and then he, uh, Paul also talks about that in Ephesians as well, that we as Gentiles are grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. Mm. And you think about that. We're part of the British commonwealth. We are still an independent people. We don't have to become British We don't have to speak with the Queen's English, but our whole society is connected to all the blessings and benefits that come from that commonwealth. And that's what we as Gentiles have in the commonwealth of Israel. Excellent.
0: Definitely worth having a a bit of a read through that. Romans 9, 10 and 11 and uh, that passage in Ephesians as well so let's yeah. summarize and conclude uh, what we've done this week just looking at these foundations god selected a particular group of people to be a light to the nations and they are the jewish people yeah. the light they were to reflect was the truth of the one true sovereign god himself that was their mission through them he would provide his word his promises he'd reveal himself his nature and his character through them he would provide his own son, yes. born of royalty, filling the role of high priest and redeemer. Of course that is Jesus Christ our foundation. Yeah, yeah. That's what this is all about. It's
1: amazing, isn't it? I mean, God chose the Jews for a purpose, not because they're better. You know, he calls them a stubborn and stiff-necked people. But yeah. If he chosen Australians, he would have called us a stubborn and stick <laughs> people. They're human beings. Yeah. But he chose them for a purpose, and they have done what he called them to do. And we need to respect that and learn from those foundations so that we understand his word properly, because that is got to be our greatest desire.
0: Yeah, so true. Well, on the next program, we're going to begin a study of the Shema, something Jesus taught, but it comes straight out of the Old Testament.